we've got a, an amazing team here. There's there's about eight of us that are building and and then some office staff as well. When this award came out, we had such a huge increase in orders. We had people working seven days a week, coming in on Sundays and just putting in full shifts. Our showroom turned into a packing station. And when you have a committed, really tight team that loves what they're doing, they all rally around. It's, they're like family. You know, they just come in, let's get this job done and make it rock. And that was really fulfilling for me. I'm Peter McCulley. A small BC guitar company has had one of its models named Acoustic Guitar of the Year, a Canadian first. We'll chat with luthier Mike Miltimore when Today in BC continues. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Peter. Each year, an industry magazine called Musical Merchandise Review surveys retailers right across North America and asks them to vote for their favorite product. And this year, Riversong Guitars of Kamloops walked away with what I understand is a very prestigious Dealer's Choice Award for Acoustic Guitar of the Year. It's a pretty big deal to beat out guitar companies like Taylor and Yamaha and Martin. I remember as a young man in my family's music store with my dad, we'd eagerly anticipate the arrival of a magazine to come so we could see what products we were carrying in our music store as to who's winning. And, and it was like a really big deal. So fast forward a couple decades, I guess, and here I am building guitars. And not only have I been nominated, but to actually win, to stand amongst those industry titans and to walk away with some hardware was a huge win for a small town Canada. I was going to ask you about the actual magazine, because there's lots of awards out there, of course. But I understand that magazine was established in 1879. It's the world's oldest and most read musical industry magazine. You know, the music industry is a really small sector in terms of what consumers buy. And we have really long-standing magazines like MMR, Music Merchandise Review. And it's known as the voice of the industry. They write articles about trends. They look at things like, hey, did you know we have information when the Spanish flu was out? What happens after a pandemic? This is what you should be prepared for. And you know what? They're pretty right. Musical instruments do well in times of trouble. Very cool magazine, very well regarded, and just beyond jubilee that we've won that award. And you're a finalist in Product of the Year, the Acoustic Guitar of the Year, obviously, Ukulele of the Year, and Electric Guitar of the Year. We were nominated for four, which is pretty amazing. It's a testament to hard work, innovation, dedication to quality. When everybody else is coming out with a new color, we're coming out with new designs. And I don't know, maybe there's something in the Kamloops water here, but we're in our innovation phase right now, and we've got many more ideas coming. So you mentioned design. Tell us what makes Riversong Guitars so great. I spent six years developing a new design. I had the altruistic goal of making a braceless guitar. And along that journey, I made a braceless guitar, but I also discovered that I could change the structure of what we know as the current guitar design, which was done in 1842. So we were able to update a 180-year-old design and basically put a bar essentially through the inside of the guitar, which took up the structure away from the resonant guitar top. That allowed us to use thinner woods, less bracing, but also allowed us to adjust the angle of the neck for string height and adjust the neck in and out of the guitar body itself 
to change the intonation, which is something that every electric guitar on the planet has, but no acoustic has. The original modern day acoustic guitar came out of Austria in the early 1800s. A couple decades later, Martin, who's known as the guy that designed the modern day acoustic guitar with the bracing system, the X bracing system, that was established in 1833 in New York. And the actual patent is from 1842. So that's 180 years of sameness. Martin is a fantastic guitar and they're great guys. They're super supportive of us. But I think they're so supportive because we're doing something different. We're not just copying them. Mike, you grew up in the music industry with your dad, Lee. Were you tinkering with guitars at a young age? You know, it's funny. My dad started tinkering with guitars before I was even a gleam in his eye. Him and his brother would would try to make electric guitars after seeing the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And they were so inspired. They started a music store and a guitar repair facility here in Kamloops that took our last name, Miltimore and Electronics. And it was Miltronics. And they would do electronic repairs. Dad eventually got into musical instruments. And then when I came along, I started working in the music store. And my earliest memories are working with my dad, either setting up, taping down cables for doing events or actually tinkering with guitars. Pre-teen, I was actually taking apart guitars. So when customers would come in, I'd have parts for their guitars. And we started to actually collect those guitars. And that's, I think, where both dad and I had a real love affair with guitar design. You've mentioned how important this new guitar design is. Was there a bolt of lightning moment, an aha moment of when you woke up out of a dead sleep and went, ah, that's what I need to do? I've had a couple of those. The first one that woke me up out of a dead sleep at three o'clock in the morning was trying to figure out ways of laminating multiple pieces of wood and plastics together to make a pick that had the sound of wood, but the durability of plastic. I was laminating these pieces of wood together and trying to do it with heat and pressure. And I was building my own pressure and heat presses and stuff. And one morning I woke up at three o'clock out of a dead sleep and said, paper laminating machine. And I destroyed our paper laminating machine from our office, but that's how we built our first picks. But our aha moment really was 2011. I remember clearly it was December. I was actually at my lowest point. I thought I've been working on this for five years five and a half years. And everything I built sounds like a banjo. It was plunky. It didn't have great sustain or bottom end. I thought I've gotten to the point where I think it's the best I can make it. The last thing I can do is going to either be really great or it's going to destroy what I'm working on. And my wife, Monica, actually said, you have nothing to lose. Go into the store and work on it. It was a Sunday. I brought my dog in and I unshackled the guitar. It was my forced gump moment when he starts to run and the shackles <laughs> fall off and he just runs. That was my aha moment with the guitar design. I basically discovered that I can integrate the structure straight from the end block of the guitar. And that really opened up the world for us. And within two months, I had the prototypes all built. I had our website designed and uh, we were starting to uh, sell guitars. Run, Mike, run. Run, Mike, run, yeah. I'm on your website looking at the design of the guitar, and I see there's an extra hole in this guitar. You you call it a side monitor port. I guess it's like having an onstage monitor. It, it really is. Now, that's not my invention. we got to remember that we came out of the boutique guitar building world. A lot of individual luthiers that would build, that's what we were doing before we came out with our adjustable neck system. And everything was kind of like all these roads coming up to a point. One of those roads was boutique guitar building. 
So having a side port in a guitar does a lot of things to the sound of the guitar. It breaks up the Heimholtz resonating frequency, which is like a wine bottle. When you blow in it, it resonates at one frequency. Guitars can suffer from that really bad, and you have a very uneven response from string to string. So by putting that hole in the side, you get more energy up to the player, but it also breaks up that resonating wolf notes that violin players call it. The other thing that's unique for ours is the placement. It's right by the bridge plate. So you're getting the high frequencies and everything. So it's very natural sounding. And a lot of people actually mic our guitars from the top instead of the front. One customer said, is this how you get your guitar picks out? Yes, because you tend to lose those damn things. Yeah. (laughs) Riversong guitars have been showing up across the world, really, in the hands of artists like Jim Cuddy of Blue Rodeo, Trace Adkins, probably the tallest guy in country music, Priscilla Block, who's... uh, who's come out of YouTube. She was quite hot on YouTube, and now she's doing it. And Eric Church, who, of course, has been winning awards for quite a few years now. How does it make you feel when you see your guitar in the hands of those kinds of artists? It's what every guitar builder wants. They want to see uh, their guitars being used. As important as it is for big names to be playing our guitars or touring with our guitars, I think I get equally excited about people starting out playing our guitars, learning how the excitement of discovering something new, or just quite frankly, we used to build heirloom guitars where it would be a Peter model and, and this guitar was your guitar, you played on it and must be kept in the family. That is what really pulls on my heartstrings and what I think a guitar is all about. Of course, we build the guitars to be on the biggest and best stages of the world, but to be a cherished instrument that gets handed down from generation to generation, that's the most exciting part for me. I understand you built a guitar for, um, wait now, I wrote his name down here, Paul McCartney. Yeah, who's that? Yeah, we uh, we designed the guitar and built it. We put all of his number one hits around the inside curving unit of the guitar. We wrote, thank you for your music on the inside. And my dad wrote a special note, remembering that he was really inspired by the Beatles as a young man. I think he was nine years old when they first played at the Ed Sullivan show. And it changed the trajectory of his life and my path for sure. So yeah, that was a very big honor to be able to build a guitar. And you know, we used the best woods from British Columbia for that. We sourced some old growth Sika spruce from the Northern area of Vancouver Island, which the weight of the trees really actually flexes on the grain and gives it a, a pattern that's very, very unique. And we had some of that. We also put in quilted maple on the back and sides on that particular guitar. We called it our artist guitar for many years. It's now available in our custom shop, but a couple of years ago, I was actually able to build a guitar for Prince William as well. And that's the same woods I used for that guitar. When Today in BC continues, Mike Miltimore talks about sourcing the wood for Riversong guitars and their instrument lending program. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. I'm Peter McCulley. Today in BC is a Black Press Media podcast. Mike, as you started to talk about, I understand all of the wood used in Riversong guitars is sourced from BC. When I first started, the thing that was really important to me was what does a guitar look like that was built from around Kamloops? And that means using a local domestic wood. So I would go into a lot of the resaw mills and one thing that I have really going for me is that the Pacific Northwest is famous worldwide for its tonewoods. 
our woods are the best in the world for our maples, our spruces, our cedars, even our black walnuts. So for me, I would go into these resaw mills. They'd be excited about showing me the latest Indian rosewood that they got in from India because they traded it for some Sika spruce from BC. And I was like, no, no, don't show me anything unless it's domestic woods. And I kept hammering that to them for three or four years. So we came up with a guitar that was completely made out of spruce, like the sides and the backs and the top, which meant that they had to custom mill wood for us. And then when we'd have customers that wanted something that had some exotic woods to it, I had to beg them to show me some Indian rosewood or ebony, that kind of a thing. But yeah, domestic woods is really near and dear to my heart. I believe that we have some of the best woods and we don't have to have mahogany and rosewood and uh, ebony. That also makes it so it's better for shipping around the world and makes our guitars really unique looking as well. You talked about the different kinds of wood, both what you can find in British Columbia and further afoot. Is there a difference in how humidity affects the different woods? Because I know for folks who play guitar that uh, something that they watch a lot is the humidity of where they store their guitar. This is an interesting question. We're in an extreme environment worldwide. When you consider everywhere else, we get super dry down to eight, 10% of relative humidity. And we can also be very humid. So we have these wild fluctuations in humidity, but also in temperature, minus 40 to plus 40. It's craziness on a little thin wood instrument. So humidity is really an important factor for Canadians. We build at 40% relative humidity, and it's recommended to keep your guitar in your house at 40% relative humidity. If it gets too dry, things shrink, and you've got different pieces of wood going against grain. So when it shrinks, there's no ability for it to move because it's held in place by other pieces and then it cracks. So it's really important to maintain that 40% relative humidity. When you're bringing in exotic woods from South America where they live in 80, 90% humidity, and you try to bring them into a climate like Canada, they twist, they do all sorts of crazy things. So it's really important to have an eye for humidity and does really affect the tone and the playability of your instrument. Mike, how many people work on the River Song team? About half of them. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a, an amazing team here. There's there's about eight of us that are building and and then some office staff as well. When this award came out, we had such a huge increase in orders. We had people working seven days a week, coming in on Sundays and just putting in full shifts. Our showroom turned into a packing station. And when you have a committed, really tight team that loves what they're doing, they all rally around. It's They're like family. You know, they just come in, let's get this job done and make it rock. And that was really fulfilling for me. So I understand that some of the custom guitar models that you've talked about continue to be manufactured in Kamloops at your headquarters there. How have you managed as a small company with such a small staff to have multiple lines of instruments that you're building on a budget and still maintaining the quality that you're winning awards for? I'm pretty lucky. The music industry is small. About five years ago, a guy came up to me and said, look, I think what you're doing is really interesting. It's the only thing that I find interesting in the industry. I've got a low threshold for boredom. And quite frankly, I want to come and work for you and you need my help. I remember him talking to me like that. I, it wasn't verbatim, but it was very close. And he gave me his card, and his name was David Magania. I had never heard of him, didn't know who he was. But, you know, that spidey sense that says, put that card into a pocket and look at it when you have a chance. Well, I got back to my hotel room. This is at the NAMM show in California. 
and I Googled his name. And what came up was basically his resume and his retirement notice. He was the first salesman for Martin Guitars and worked his way up to vice president of Martin, <laughs> left Martin to go work for a startup named Taylor Guitars in California. <laughs> Him and his wife, when he retired from Taylor, they were doing $140 million in sales and he was the sales manager for the company. And he went on to work for PRS. Like the, any company that's had any kind of huge success, this guy's been involved with in his stories. He was 80 when he came and worked for us. He was just absolutely amazing. And he gave us the vote of confidence, which was really great because we had already had distribution in Europe and North America. But he also gave us a lot of knowledge of what to do and what not to do, where our problems were. And I've seen this before, that kind of a thing. What he did is he said, you need to really diversify your supply chain. We had conversations about what was important to us. And I said, I really love building and creating and making custom guitars. We have a studio line of guitars we call the G2 series, which actually qualifies for a product of Canada, whereas it has to be 98% made here in Canada and from products from Canada, which that guitar qualifies for. So those things are really important to me. But my guitar design is also really important for beginners because it allows you to be able to adjust your guitar so it doesn't hurt your fingers, but also for professionals that need to be able to adjust their guitar for different humidities. So he said to me that you've got a supply chain issue and you need to diversify your supply chains. So we went on about a year long journey trying to find a partner manufacturer. We chatted with some guys in Quebec. We chatted with some U.S. companies that had manufacturing capacity in Mexico. We had some products made from Korea and we ended up selecting different factories to supply different parts for our guitars. So on some of our models, some of them are assembled here in Canada. Some of them are made in Canada with imported parts, but everything goes through the lens of Kamloops and goes through our hands. So we can do the final QC and making sure the frets are all done properly because that's a huge issue. So that's how we've been able to scale. Sadly, David Magania passed away a couple of years ago, but he made a huge impact on our company and really set us up for success for when something like this award happened. So we've talked a lot about design of guitars and where you source your materials and the people that work with them and David's story. The other end of guitars, of course, is music. It's a, such a strong force in our lives, whether you make it or you listen to it. And it all accomplishes the same thing, I think. When I heard about your lending program with the local library, I thought, now there's a guy who knows how to start to affect some positive change in his community. So tell us how the program started and how it works. In life, you have certain things that you can help people with. Some people have lots of money. Some people are amazing. My mom is an amazing cook, and she likes to gather people around. She's a center cog for everybody. She's always got a dozen people around for dinners, that kind of a thing. Her gift is love and food. It turns out that I've realized that my gift is guitars and the gift of music. So when I realized that, I was coming back from a trip from, I think, Europe. And one of our local councilmen were waiting for the plane to come from Vancouver to Kamloops. And Arjun Singh is his name. And he said, hey, Mike, you need to meet Judy Moore. She's the head person with the Thompson Regional Library Program, the TNRL, Thompson Nicola Regional Library. You guys have the same kind of energy. So we started talking. When you have a friend and you spitball an idea and they go, oh, yeah, that's great. Here's this idea. And the next thing you know, we came up with this plan to partner up to be able to lend out guitars to anybody that has a library card. And that gives access to music, to quality guitars, 
to anybody and everybody. And so we jumped at the opportunity. The library jumped at the opportunity. And we've just recently expanded because it's their most popular program they've ever had to add ukuleles to the lending program as well. There's plenty of research that talks about how music or guitars save lives. Sean McCann from Great Big C does a wonderful talk about his guitar and how he went through alcoholism and all sorts of different problems. His guitar was the thing that he confided with. He wrote songs about it. He does speeches to people about his guitar and what it means to him. I hope that these guitars that are being lended out, which there is a waiting list for, get used for what they are as things to create a passion and hope and dreams. For our podcast listeners who have not heard one of your guitars, perhaps you could share something with us. We could listen in. I've got some great people that have some really amazing chops. This song is an original by Jeremy Nishaw. Jeremy Nishaw was a young man that came and took music lessons from our music store. His dad has been a longtime customer, bought one of the very first River Song guitars. And Jeremy Nishaw has blossomed into this really diverse player and we use him for all of our demos on our website so this song that he's playing is a finger picking song and he's just such a wonderful humble guy and a great musician and i think you're going to really enjoy this Mike, I love a great feel-good story. So tell me about your Christmas miracle. I've heard little bits of the story, but I haven't heard the whole story. The Christmas miracle, yes. Let me tell you about that. It's a community effort. I built guitars and camps in the back of my family's music store. I started with nothing, an idea with a few friends, and grew into having a guitar factory. We're about to expand again into a much bigger building, which we're really excited about. But somebody broke into our guitar factory, right at Christmas time. And they stole our marketing computer. They stole uh, left-handed guitars. One of the things that they stole was a bass guitar, an acoustic bass guitar that we were getting prepared to take down to our trade show. So we never got the computer back or the left-handed guitar back, but the bass was a real huge hit for us because the bass is kind of like the gateway drug for bands to get into our guitar line. So basically you get the bass player to play the bass on stage and they're happy. And the next thing you know, the, the guitar player's looking at going, hey, what's that? So it was one of those really important things as a guitar manufacturer. It doesn't make a lot of money, but it's good to have. When we found out that this got stolen, we put out a call like, hey, we need to find this. A guy named Tommy McDonald, who's a famous bass player that we built a guitar. There's only two of these basses in existence. He phoned me up and he said, look, dude, if you need a bass, borrow mine. 
And basically, we got his base for the trade show. We went down there, rocked it. It was fantastic. And, you know, the community really comes together, including our artists, whether they're coming in to bring people in for tours of the factory or they're just telling everybody about what we're doing. I feel a real sense of strong community support from Kamloops and British Columbia, really. Thanks to the Internet, Mike. Are folks finding your guitars in places that you never imagined? I was really excited that we sold a guitar, probably the furthest north we've ever sold one. And I was like, as soon as we sell a guitar to Tuck Tuck, I know I made it. But uh, yeah, we've had our guitars literally shipped all over the world from different places in Asia, Japan, to Hawaii, to Inuvik, to all over Europe. It's really amazing to be a guitar manufacturer in this time period with tools like the internet, because that really helps us get our word out firsthand. I'd like to thank Mike Miltimore of Riversong Guitars and Kamloops for being with us on this edition of Today in BC. If you have suggestions or comments, send us a voice message to podcast at blackpress.ca. You may be part of our podcast mailbag segment. You'll find Today in BC podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm.